When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. All right, the Giants got rolled by the Lions at home the other day, 31-18. to 18. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's Thanksgiving week, so it's going to be a real short, quick week, a lot going on. I'm going to get straight to business. I'm going to tell you what I know about this team, where they're at with the injuries, the OBJ situation, uh, really where they are with Daniel Jones, how they're moving forward at this point. So... With that being said, let's get started. We'll start with uh, this Cowboys game, right? Thanksgiving, 4.30. Here's what you're going to have to do. You're a big Giants fan, or even really just a football fan in general. This is the game of the day, right? Two, seven, and three teams. I know people aren't excited about the Giants. Still, it's the Giants and Cowboys. They're both seven and three. Everyone kind of forgets that right now. Cowboys are huge eight-point favorites. Giants are beat up. We get it. Get to the injuries in a second. But... Think about this for a second. The Giants are still tied with the Cowboys. They're at 7-3. and three. They're in pretty darn good shape. Who wouldn't have signed for this at the beginning of the year? Tell me. Who wouldn't have signed for 7-3? and three? At Thanksgiving. Late November. 7-3. and three. So, I know people have uh, sort of jumped off the bandwagon with that loss to the Lions. To me, that was sort of like, it was inevitable. The Giants were going to play a poor game. This team does, is not good enough. They don't have enough margin for error where they can then survive, survive that big game. Like the Eagles, they just won. Uh, they beat the Colts, right? I didn't watch the whole thing, but it looked like they didn't play their best game again. Didn't play particularly well, but they're good enough still on the road to go and pull out a victory because they're more talented. And they're probably a better team than the Giants right now. So the Giants have a bad game. They can't overcome it. To be quite honest with the way the roster was looking for the Giants, right? Uh, the Lions had the better roster on the field. I mean, there's not really a big talent discrepancy between those two teams in the first place. Think about that for a second. The Giants have just done a tremendous job this year of getting through everything, right? Of not making that big mistake, of not finding a way to lose. Now, this time, Daniel Jones throws two interceptions. He turns the ball over. First one, he doesn't see Aiden Hutchinson. Just didn't see him. Flat didn't see him. Admitted it. Brian Dable said the same thing. Leads to intercept interception. Second interception for Jones. Kind of sailed on him a little bit. The ball was sailing on him in the wind on both quarterbacks really a little bit. In that direction. It was fourth down. He was trying to make a play. You know, you chalk that one up. No big deal. The first one, that was costly. That, that was the one that really hurt. So, uh, doubled his interception total this year, right? But still, Daniel Jones has been really good with limiting the interceptions. Still made a lot of plays. Uh, wasn't the Giants' day. Even make matters even worse, they got beat up beyond belief. Wandell Robinson, he's out for the year. Adoree Jackson, sprained MCL, he's out several weeks. John Feliciano, he's in doubt for this week. He couldn't even turn his neck the other day after the game. Fabian Moreau, rib injury. It's going to be a tough one to play through as well especially with three days rest. So the Giants have so shorthanded at cornerback. 
just lost their top two cornerbacks. Like, who are they throwing out there? And think about these next few games. You got CeeDee Lamb. You've got Terry McLaurin. You've got A.J. Brown. And then Terry McLaurin again. You know, this isn't ideal for the Giants here to be without a Dory Jackson. And remember, I know Wink Martindale's done an amazing job. But remember what happened to Wink Martindale last year when his cornerback and defensive back room got demoralized by injury in Baltimore. It turned bad. They had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And Wink Martindale, what he said was, uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but they asked him early in the year, like what he sort of, when he looked back on last year, what he regretted and sort of buying cornerbacks off DoorDash, right? Saying he didn't have any play, didn't have any cornerbacks to play. Well, now the Giants are playing Nick McLeod, Cordell Flott, who's a third round pick, but young. And I think the Giants would have preferred not necessarily to have to force him into action this year, but this is now the second, third time they've had to do it. So, I mean, and then Radarius Williams, who was coming off knee injury and just recently came back, played for the first time this past week against the Lions. So not in great shape. The wide receiver core was bad in the first place. Again, not in good shape. Richie James, he's dealing with a knee injury too. And he's Wandale Robinson's replacement. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. You got Khalil Pimpleton as your slot receiver on Thursday in Dallas. Khalil Pimpleton. Hard knock star. Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, but I do think everybody, the the saying, and I've heard, I used to hear Andy Reid say it all the time, it's never as bad as it looks, it's never as good as it looks. So I think you have the two extremes coming here and here on Thanksgiving with Dallas. Dallas played the best game of the year. It's best game of the year. Offensive, defensively, look just dominant. Thrashing the Vikings in Minnesota. Giants played their worst game of the year. So you have these two teams on other end of the spectrums coming in. Everyone thinks the Giants are god-awful, by the way, 7-3. and three. Giants, okay? Not overly talented. Still, 7-3. and three. Not a god-awful team. And then you have the Cowboys, 7-3. and three. Not the best team in the NFL. At least I don't think so. It's not out of the realm of possibilities if Dak plays well, but still... So I do think the Giants are going to play a good game here. They're going to keep it tight. Think about what the Giants' strength is. What's the Giants' biggest strength? Running the football. Running the football. Right? What's the Cowboys' one of their weaknesses? Maybe their biggest weakness. Stopping the run. I mean, that's the Giants' key to keeping this close. There's no doubt. Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. Now, I do. I, I did gloss over for a second. I want to talk about the Adoree Jackson injury, to me, was a mistake and foolish by Brian Dable. It, it was a mistake. Just think about it for a second. Adoree Jackson, who's not this special punt returner, hasn't been a special punt returner in the NFL. In fact, when you watch him at practice, he's not even a good punt returner, right? You're worried if he's even going to catch the ball. So to put him back, he's your number one cornerback. You have no cornerback depth. To put him back to return punts, to me, is foolish. Because the risk is what just happened. And I know Giants fans always like to go back to, look at Jason Seahorn. Look at what happened to Jason Seahorn. Why are we putting him back there? And I get it. That's that's an example. If you put your top cornerback back there, it's a huge risk. 
Now, if you're going to put him back there, the reward, which is, you know, the returner, in this case, Dory Jackson, better be lethal. He better give you the option, you know, the possibilities of taking it to the house every time he touches the ball. But he doesn't, have, he didn't bring that to the table. So why put him back there? And this isn't revisionist history. This is the natural thought the second they put a Dory Jackson back to return punts. So now the Giants are without a Dory Jackson. I think that's, that's something they need to look in the mirror and say, okay, we might have messed up here. This was a mistake on our part. Okay, so now let's go to the receiving core for a second. Odell Beckham Jr. There's no Wandell Robinson. Kenny Galladay, I mean, you can get excited over his two catches the other day. He's back. I mean, at least he caught some passes. I'll give him that. I like the way Brian Dable handled that, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be buried and done. But to play him a little bit here and there, squeeze him in, end up getting a couple catches, that doesn't totally crush him and exhaust him for the season. Like, maybe you can get something out of it. It's not like you're benching these really good guys in order to get him on the field. Right, they're playing Isaiah Hodgins, by the way, fumbled. Darius Slayton, who, while their best receiver by a wide margin, dropped a pass, still his Achilles heel. Like, you could squeeze some Kenny Galladay in there to try and get something out of him. I don't think you will. I'm not going to go down that cycle again. I mean, are we going to go down? Are we really going to get back to the point, well, yeah, yeah, Kenny's Galladay's coming back. He's This is his last opportunity. He could, you know, He's going to contribute significantly. No, 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 we're past that point. Pretty much over. But maybe you can get something, a little something for him. Something from him, I mean. Can't cut him. And the only reason they haven't they didn't cut him already was because of that money. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So the natural thing is, okay, their wide receiving core is shot. Terrible, right? I mean, they're going to be throwing out there uh, Darius Slayton, who's probably a good number three as their number one receiver, with Richie James or Khalil Pimpleton, and Isaiah Hodgins and Kenny Galladay. So the natural thing is, Get OBJ. Get Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I've been saying this from the start. I think it's foolish for people to think, okay, yes, we need Odell. We need a top receiving target. Uh, You know, Daniel Jones needs an alpha. Okay. Odell Beckham's 30, coming off two straight, basically, ACL tears. He has not practiced. Not once yet. 
It's about to be December. Is it really realistic that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to come in, start practicing in December, and be a dominant alpha number one target? Unrealistic. Sure. It's at the miracle range of outcomes. It's at the real high end of the range of outcomes. But is it realistic? Not at all, in my opinion. Now, the Giants are interested, though, for the right price. I think it's important here to remember. Joe Shane has been extremely disciplined in regards to money, right? Not paying anyone over the veteran minimum this year. Not restructuring, trying that at, at all, at basically as much as humanly possible. Now, granted, he had to, because he, he, he probably has to do again, maybe at some point. Move some money into next year because they're so tight against the cat. Someone who's been so disciplined with that. Do we really think he's going to go and pay Odell Beckham something? Because Odell Beckham's not coming for free, right? He's not coming for free. The likelihood is you have to pay him guarantee him something into the future. Again, something that Joe Shane has been unwilling to do. Now he's going to do it for Odell Beckham Jr. at 30 years old, off two ACLs, and quite frankly, someone who can, and I like Odell, and I like him personally, and usually guy, and I know guys in the locker room like him, but he can't, they are building something here. It's possible that Odell comes and ruins that, culture-wise. You know, he's a big personality. He demands a lot of attention. He's going to be a sideshow. Some of it, a lot of it, have not, not even to do with him, just because of his name. I mean, if Odell Beckham Jr., think about everything that happened with Odell, comes back to New York, it's not even sports news. That's national, you know, that's like NBC4 news, ABC news, like nightly news. Like, lead the nightly news in New York kind of move. So there's an there's a inherent risk that comes with bringing Odell Beckham Jr. back to the Giants. Big risk. Do we think Joe Shane's going to do that? So, you know, I've talked to some, well, some well-respected sources, people that I trust on this situation. And this well-regarded source of mine thinks that the Cowboys are the favorites for Odell. Don't blame the messenger. Because I know it seems like most people have forgotten and forgiven and want Odell to come back. And I get it. He would make their team better. There's no doubt about it. Even if he's a bit receiver, uh, even if he's a third option like he was last year it, for the Rams, he makes them better. But I just don't see it. And the Giants are going to go through the process. Odell's expected to come visit. There's no date set yet, from what I understand. Spoke to a bunch of sources this week. So it's not definitive, but in all likelihood, he wants to come visit the Giants. They want to have come have a conversation, see where everything's at, see where his he's at. Also probably includes a physical, remember that. Two knee injuries, you got to check him out physically. Huge part of this evaluation. It's not just where Odell wants to go. There's a big physical element to it, but... The Giants are going to go through the process. It doesn't mean that Joe Shane's going to offer anywhere what Odell Be- Beckham wants. First of all, is anyone really going to offer Odell Beckham $15, $20 million guaranteed? Is anyone even going to offer him $10 million guaranteed? Like, are you willing to take him this year for the minimum, write in a bunch of incentives, let's say the Cowboys want to do that? 
Are they willing to guarantee him $10 million next year? Remember, there's an injury history here. He's coming off two, not back-to-back, but close to it, torn ACLs. A lot of risk in that. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I am. I am. But I do have a hard time at the moment seeing a way that the Giants will be willing to shell out that money and pay what it's going to cost to bring Odell Beckham in. Now, maybe they do come up with some innovative, creative way with the money, and it's all incentives, and, you know, uh, basically as long as he's healthy at the beginning of next year with a roster bonus, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways they could work money. But I don't know. Seeing what I've seen from Joe Shane, looking at what's happened so far, you know, remember, actions speak louder than words, right? They could say they're interested, whatever. They haven't been willing to really spend anything over the minimum on the guys. All of a sudden, they're going to do it for Odell Beckham Jr., who comes with some question marks. Speaking of action speaks louder than words, let's finish with Daniel Jones here, then I'll get on to the next segment. The Giants, I wrote a story about Daniel Jones and his future this week. The Giants spoke to Saquon Barkley about a contract, right? That speaks volumes. They would like to bring Saquon back. The Giants did not, during the bye week, this is according to Daniel Jones, speak with him about a contract. To me, that speaks volumes as well. It means either A, they haven't made a decision, which I think is the case, or B, they made their decision and they're not, they don't really want to bring him back. Now, I think Jones has a chance with each win I've been saying this. It increases the likelihood that he comes back. And I do. I still think there's probably a greater than 50% chance that he comes back. How he plays down the stretch, though, is going to be is going to play a large part in that. Can he stay healthy? Play 17 games. That's goal number one. He told me that was one of his big goals this year, actually. And I think it's something the Giants wanted to see. It was the biggest question mark the previous regime had with Daniel Jones. They love Daniel Jones, but they were unsure if he was their future quarterback. Still, because of the injuries, because of his inability to play a full season without getting injured. It hadn't happened up until this year. Now, so far, so good, but there's still seven games left. It's a good chunk of the season. So you have to see if he can stay healthy. You have to see how Daniel Jones can do in bigger games down the stretch. Big games, clutch situations down the stretch. If Daniel Jones goes out there and pulls off another two dramatic Come from behind wins, one of them against the Eagles. You know, they they handle the, the, the Colts. He has a big come from behind win in one of the two games against the Eagles, and they handle Washington in one of the other games. They get to 10 wins. Daniel Jones is going to be back. But the fact to me, remember, actions speak louder than words. That they didn't go to Daniel Jones and see at least where his head was at or his side, you know, his representatives, what they were thinking about money-wise, or maybe the Giants couldn't even come up with a realistic price range at this point. Now, the people I talked to around the league, he's still a lightning rod. You know, one executive thought Daniel Jones is their their best option for next year in some way, shape, or form to bring him back. Doesn't mean they would think that you should sign him long-term, but find a way to make it work for the short-term. Figure out your long-term solution as you move along. You could always bring him in in the draft. Another one said, I wouldn't pay him more than one year, $15 million, or sort of like the Jameis Winston contract, right? I think he got two for 25, so like, you know, inflation a little bit. That's like two for 30 this year. 
with the second year not even fully guaranteed. Now, I don't know if you're in the player's position why you would want anything more than a year at that point. You want a year, prove it, show it, get paid a ton. Another one said, nope, Daniel Jones isn't the guy at all. Another executive. Giants are running a scaled-back offense. They don't even trust him enough in full drop-back situations. Okay? There's some evidence out there you can see that. Is that because of his receiving core and his offensive line inability to really pass protect well? Probably in part at least. But I can see why people have that opinion when you watch the tape of the Giants. And then Mike Tannenbaum said, look, and I kind of agree with him here on this too. He's going to get more than $25 million. There's going to be a team out there that wants Daniel Jones that that thinks he's a good quarterback and is going to pay for him. You know, that franchise tag for him is going to be $30, $31.5 million, somewhere in that range. It's a big number. But that's his leverage. Your leverage as a player and this holds true for Saquon too. He's going to be the, that the franchise tag for that running back is ten or twelve million ish. So, your leverage as a player, okay? You want to keep me? Giants want to keep Daniel Jones. Well, you have the fran- You could use the franchise tag two years in a row. So, hey, you want to keep me? You could franchise tag me, thirty million dollars for Daniel Jones. Let's say next year, let's say it's uh, thirty-five, forty million. Right there, you're, the guarantees, if you're Daniel Jones and you're negotiating and the Giants really want to bring him back and you're negotiating a long-term deal, you could say start $65 million. Guaranteed. That's, that's my starting point. That's my leverage. If you really want to keep me. Otherwise, let me hit the free agent market. And then when you hit the free agent market, remember, teams. there's, there's a bad team out there that's going to offer him a deal because he's a quality starting quarterback. He's ninth in QBR, top 10 in QBR this year. Like imagine, I think there'll be someone out there that can imagine, okay, if we put a good offensive line that could pass protect for him and give him some real receivers. Think about this for a second. This is the first year Daniel Jones, and I'm, I'm just creating the scenario where someone out there is going to dream that they could make this work big time. This is the first year Daniel Jones played with Saquon, and look how much better he looks, and with what you might consider high-end offensive coaching, right? He also, tell me, who's the best wide receiver? Who's the true alpha number one wide receiver that Daniel Jones has played with so far in his career? Sign Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, right? Kenny Galladay, what, what, what has happened there? Kadarius Tony, like where? Where? They haven't had that. They, they have never had that receiver for Daniel Jones. And we always bring up the names. The reality is, what have the Giants had at receiver for years on top of their offensive line? So someone out there is going to dream. And say, you know what? I saw enough. It, this is if Daniel Jones hits the free agent market. I saw enough that he could be a high-end quarterback. We just have to get him the right pieces around him. It's really the Giants' fault for not having the answer yet. They had four years to, to get the right pieces around him so you at least have a definitive answer. And the reality is they haven't. And that's why they're in this predicament. They haven't been able to do it for him. Four years. Haven't been able to do it for him. So there's a Daniel Jones dilemma. And I know... There's two sides of it all, and I think they should bring him back. I wouldn't want to pay him $30-plus million a year on a long-term deal, but if you can work something out in the short term, in that $20 million range, for one, two, anywhere from one to three years, 
I think that's the ideal situation for the Giants. And then you work on finding the guy. If they, either A, Daniel Jones is the guy you want to build around, you finally get those pieces around him, or you still try and find that guy. And I don't think I'll – leave, I'll leave you with this. We cannot discount that Joe Shane and Brian Dable and his new regime want to get their quarterback in the draft. Remember, they came from Buffalo where Buffalo made the playoffs that first year, had the 21st pick, traded Cordy Glenn, moved up. Cordy Glenn was an offensive tackle for them, a quality starter. Uh, Moved up a little bit, traded two second-rounders, moved up again, ended up with the seventh pick, landed Josh Allen. So we cannot completely rule out that that's not within the realm of possibilities for this new regime. Remember, If there's a will, there's a way. Keep that in mind when it comes to the Giants drafting a quarterback. If there's a will, there is a way. There are draft picks out there. You have pieces. You can make a lot of moves and make it happen. On to the next one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's wrap it here with a little quick Jordan on the beat. Uh, let me lay out this scenario. So... Daniel Jones hadn't thrown an interception in six games. So he comes to the stadium the other day, and I put up the stat that he hasn't thrown an interception in six games. And I know how this is going to play out. Everyone's like, you're jinxing him. The whole jinx crowd is going to come at me. And, of course, they did in complete full force. You know, okay, fine. I get it. If you saw my Instagram, I responded my response to the whole jinx crowd. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world, right? Come on, enough with this idiocy. You're going to be- you're going to sit here and you're going to blame somebody who's sitting up in the press box for a quarterback down on the field throwing an interception like I have any any my, what I say has anything to do with the outcome of what happens on the field. And to be honest, I think most of these superstitions that that people have are just stupid, like literally the dumbest things I've ever seen in the world. Think about it. I'm going to sit in this chair, in this spot. If I sit in this chair, in this spot, 3,000 miles away, it's going to dictate the outcome of a game. Okay. A game that I I am not even taking part in. Okay. Okay, think about how stupid that is. All right? Flat, stupid, right? And in general... I'll tell you the story behind it. It's kind of a serious story, and it kind of, uh, you know, this is all tongue-in-cheek and a joke, but the story really tells you why I'm against uh, jinxes and superstitions and stuff of the sorts. So when my wife and I were trying to have kids, it was taking a while, and it wasn't really working at the time. And so we're going through a lot of things, right? And my wife is, like, trying everything, right? I remember at one point she's eating, like, the core of the pineapple, I know it sounds disgusting. We're taking shots of wheat juice and all these other things. And, like, 
doing all these things and superstitions and like not working. And at that point I realized, okay, I am totally against superstitions in life. Like it has nothing to do, you know, whether you cross your fingers and your toes about whether, you know, you're going to be able to conceive a child or in this case, uh, determine the outcome on the field of a game that you're not partaking in. So I basically said, F it to all superstitions and jinxes. You know, I was, I played along with the jinxes and the mushes. You know, everything was mush. If you watch Bronx Sale, you know what mush is all about. You know, oh, that's so mush. You, you're, you're a jinx. Yeah, I was, I was part of that previously. But then I realized how stupid it is, right? Literally, I have nothing, nothing, zero to do with Daniel Jones not seeing Aiden Hutchinson drop into coverage. Literally, zero. And if you think I do or that my Instagram post is what made him not see Aiden Hutchinson, I think you're a dope. Okay? I think you're dope. It's that simple. Get off my lawn with your superstitions and jinxes. I don't want any part of it. Okay? Get lost. We'll end on that. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, I've been trying to get Sterling Shepard to come on. We've been going back and forth. That we were supposed to do it last week. There was the Michael K. 20th anniversary, so my producer couldn't uh, put out a, help me put out another uh, scoping. But producer scoping was too busy to put out a, a second episode last week, so that's my bad. But we're back this week. We'll be back after the Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe next week will be a good time to do a double episode week off the Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe a Giants after dark to start one, start the beginning of the week, or and then uh, hopefully get Shep later that week or flip those around, one or the other. We'll figure it out. Either way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Eat the here's here's what you got to do. You got to have the because the Giants play at four thirty. You're a big Giants fan or really an NFL fan in general. Two seven and three teams, New York Dallas. You want to sit down and watch that game. So you got to make sure you eat the Thanksgiving dinner before the game. Game's at 4.30 Eastern time. So you got to sit down and have that 2.30, 3 o'clock dinner. Don't let your family, you know, hoodwink you into having to sit down and eat at 4, 4.30. No, no. You got to be on your couch by like 4.15 the latest. Okay? You got to basically, you can have dessert at halftime. You know, dessert should be about 5.30, 6 o'clock. Tell, tell the kitchen. Dessert, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Dinner, 2.33 o'clock. Stuff your face. Have a few beverages if you like. You know, eat the cranberry sauce. Uh, you know, all the, the Thanksgiving fixings. Not a big fan of them in general. I think they're overrated. Nobody eats turkey. I, I've, I've, I've given this take before in the past. Nobody eats turkey. You know, goes to a restaurant and says, you know what I'm really in the mood for today? I want turkey. Right? No, no. So it's not a, it's not a great dinner. It's just turkey. But it's tradition. Turkey's still, you know, it's it's good enough. You know, I, I still I still eat the turkey when it's there. But I'm not going to a restaurant and say, you know what? I don't want a steak today. I want turkey. Give me some dried carcass, turkey carcass. No. Not gonna do that. Give me a lamb chop. Give me a steak. Give me some kind of chicken. Anyway, enjoy your Thanksgiving. 
turkey's still good. And people are going to tell me, oh, fry it up. Yeah, you fry up anything and it's good. Eat some Brussels sprouts, some stuffing, some cranberry sauce, uh, yams, you know, all the good stuff. The apple pie, you got to finish it with the apple pie. That's American. As American as apple pie. Giants, Cowboys as well. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. You listen to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.